Welcome to Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips here with senior writer editor Scott Smith. And boy, do we have things to talk about today. Just a few things have happened with the team across the league. It's been... You know, mostly slow, but just a couple things I'm, for us to I'm talk about. I'm starting to think we maybe should do one of these every day. I, n- yes. We would have enough content. We would. I mean, normally in the off-season, <laughs> you're sitting here going, what are we going to talk not, about in this not time? these days. We do not have enough time to get to all the things that have happened. So first of all, we knew last week we had to do a little bit of the tap dancing if there were reports mm-hmm. out there about some things that were not confirmed yet. Uh, now some of those things have become confirmed this week. So let's start with, with some of those things that, first of all, in the wide receiver room, Russell Gage and Chris Godwin are two things that have become for real since the last time we did this show. So tell us about both of those deals. Well, the Russell Gage contract was the one that we had to speculate about last time, but that has been officially announced now. And then Chris Godwin, who already had the franchise tag on him, so we were pretty sure he was going to be around this year anyway. Uh, what happened with him and the team is what is the goal, really, of the franchise tag, is it extends your negotiating period and gives you more time where only the Bucks can negotiate with, with Chris, and they got a deal done, which is fantastic because, as we all know and as we've talked about many times, he's just such a critical part of this offense. And I think when Tom Brady decided to come back and shot a group chat to Chris and Mike right before he announced it, it, it made you even more um, adamant about getting Chris Godwin back and back on the field. And you know, he's coming back from a torn ACL, so there is a slight chance that he might not be ready to go right at the very beginning of the season, though knowing him, I'd say there's a good chance he will be ready. But that's another thing that Russell Gage gives you. He gives you, um, a ch- you know, if, if uh, Chris isn't quite ready to go, Russell Gage has already shown over the last couple of years that he could step in for a really high level wide receiver like Calvin Ridley or a couple of years ago Julio Jones and keep his team you know, on top and, and really produce like a number one. Uh, when you do have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Russell Gage, then you have what looks like the makings of a really good three-wide package. And as you know, the Buccaneers on offense tend to go three-wide or 11 personnel more than 50% of the time. So this is basically your starting formation here. And you got Mike Evans, so we all know what he can do, 27 touchdowns in the last two years, which is amazing. We all know about his 1,000-yard season streak. Chris Godwin last year, <clears throat> got the injury and couldn't finish out the season, but by the time he was knocked out, he had 98 catches and was about to break the Bucks' all-time record for a single season. But look at that, third in the league in receptions per game, seventh in yards per game, and he's also so critical to your running attack. His mm-hmm. blocking makes everything better. And then you're being Russell Gage, who, after the, the Falcons lost pretty much all their other receivers last year, was really, really productive down the stretch. Look at that, over the last eight weeks of the season, he was eighth in the NFL among all players in receptions and yards. So you've got three guys there that it's going to be hard for an opposing defense to defend all three of those. Yeah, Tom Brady's <laughs> got to be pretty happy with yeah. the choice to come back looking at those options. Yeah. That's going to be pretty exciting. Well, another thing that is now official that we had said was reported last week was the trade for Shaq Mason. Right. So tell us what you think about him as a player and what this could mean for this offensive line, a position group that, again, just a few weeks ago, we did not know what that interior was going to look like. It's an, it's an incredible trade. It's still a little bit hard to figure out how it happened to get – a really quality starting guard for a fifth round pick and he's under contract for two more years so it's not like a a one-year rental this is a guy that uh you know it offensive lineman it's hard to have stats for him other than group stats which we're actually going to look at here in a minute or, or right now last year the buccaneers were first in the league in sacks allowed per pass play and really allowed the fewest sacks for, by any team despite the fact that they had the most pass attempts 
those really shouldn't go together. And then even though the running game wasn't necessarily a huge power for the team, they did finish right in the middle league in yards per carry. And in some more sophisticated stats that take into account situation and, and other things, uh, rush DVOA and adjusted line yards, both of which are on the respected site, Football Outsiders, you can see they felt that the Buccaneers' rush block, run blocking was very good last year, top five. But then you're thinking you could lose Ryan Jensen, you could and did lose Alex Kappa, and you and uh, Ali Marpet retired. So your entire middle of your line is wiped out. Well, Ryan Jensen resigns. That's a great thing. Aaron Stinney resigns and has a very good chance to step up to the starting lineup. And, and then you top it all off by getting Shaq Mason, who, like I was saying, other than the stats, kind of stats we looked at, there's not a lot of individual stats for offensive linemen other than maybe sacks allowed. But uh, there are some services out there like PFF and so on that grade uh, everybody but guards. And, and he's really a highly graded guard for many years in a row. So it's a huge get for the Buccaneers for a fifth-round pick. And, and it puts us back in a position where the offensive line, despite what looked like it could be a drastic turnover, now has a chance to once again be a really big strength for this team. Incredible. And again, another confirmed move <clears throat> from this last week. Leonard Fournette yeah. officially back, re-signed Lenny, we'll right. call him that. <laughs> so tell me about this deal and what you think it means now, again, to the offense to have this incredibly important piece back. I think this is another one of these moves that was heavily influenced by the return of Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady likes Leonard Fournette in terms of what he can do in this offense, and I would be willing to bet that, that Tom Brady made his, his opinions known on that, and it probably made Leonard Fournette want to come back more, right? Um, this is a chance to chase another ring, and and what you've done is you've brought back your guy who's basically been your workhorse back since the start of the playoffs in 2020 through the Super Bowl and then all last year. And he had a really good year, not just running the ball, but also pass catching. At the time that he was injured and, and lost for like the last three weeks of this regular season, Fournette was leading all running backs in with 69 receptions. So he's a do-it-all back that, that Tom Brady obviously trusts very much and that the Buccaneers trust. And after playing several years in a row on one-year contracts, he's got a three-year deal now. So I guess probably everybody's happy. Yeah, I would agree with and that. And part of that, just real quick, mm -hmm. with the Chris Godwin signing and Leonard Fournette, because cap space is hard to come by right now, but probably will, there'll be more of it as the cap rises in coming years. So those multi-year deals for a Godwin and a, and a Fournette are probably actually helping the Buccaneers cap right now. Yeah, that's a great <clears throat> point. The fact that you have the flexibility to move mm -hmm. some money around. All yep. these you know talks of restructuring that we've heard when when there's just a one-year deal, restructuring becomes a little a little challenging. <laughs> yeah, you got to add some years. On yeah, there. you got to add some years on there to make that possible. Okay, well now we're going to also talk about some just like we did last week reports of things that are out there they are not confirmed yet they have not been officially announced by the team but you've probably seen them out there we talked about Brashad Perriman last yeah. week that is still a still not been announced still but not been announced uh, but we did talk about the fact that again this wide receiver room shaping up to look very good this year to have a lot of different options when again a few weeks ago we didn't know what it was yeah. gonna look like behind right. basically Mike, Mike Evans, Evans for sure yeah. um, and then now there are a couple new reports since the show last week we have basically Will Golston reportedly coming back, a guy that's been with this team almost as long as anybody else at this point. Yeah. And then you have the addition of a new guy in town, Logan Ryan Safety. So those, again, are the two reports that have not been officially <coughs> announced yet. So looking at those, we, again, we kind of talked about Rashad Perriman last week, but with Logan Ryan and Will Golston, tell us what those moves are. We, we talked about a lot of offensive moves, finally, to, to talk about some defensive ones and what this could look like. Yeah, and, you know, when we talk about speculating whether these reports are accurate or not and we can't officially announce it, I can say that the Buccaneers are holding press conferences early this afternoon for 
Logan Ryan and Shaq Mason. I mean, and, you never know what they want to Will talk Goldston. about. It so, could be about food. It could be, you never know, right? Yeah, you never know, but I think you can p- feel pretty solid about those reports at this point. We're not officially announcing anything, but come on. There's a press right? conference to talk about something <laughs> with those people with later With those today. people there. So, uh, Will Golston, like you said, other than Levante David, he's been around the longest. He's been very, very durable throughout his career. And over the nine years, now will be going to his 10th, he will have switched defensive systems several times. But when Todd Bowles got here three years ago, he, so Will had also already had a solid career. But Todd Bowles' defense really rejuvenated it. He's had, I think, 9.5 of his 19.5 sacks in the last three years. Two years ago, he led the Bucks in quarterback hits with 20. He had another 17 last year. And he's just a really good strong side 3-4 defensive end when it comes to stopping the run. So he's a really good fit for this defense, and I think he really likes it here. So for those reasons, it wasn't a surprise to see him come back. Cool note about Will Golston, he has 136 games played as a Buccaneer going into this season. That's the second most ever for a defensive lineman in franchise history. Number one is Warren Sapp, who's in the Hall of Fame with 140. So by the end of this season, Will Golston will be the most tenured defensive lineman in franchise history, which is pretty cool for him. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Okay, and then I know we've talked about so many moves so many things happening that's just the buccaneers ones not to mention all the things that have been happening across the league this free agency it has just been a insane last couple weeks lots of shuffling where everybody thought they knew who was on what team and what was going on i think everybody's going to have to reassess that now recently so tell us what the biggest things are that stand out to you maybe outside of the buccaneers moves in particular of what has gone on these last couple weeks that could affect the buccaneers i think if you're a buccaneers fan over the last two or three weeks and you're filing things on Twitter perhaps, every time you look at your phone, it's giving you good news. I mean, it's kind of incredible how well all this is going for the Buccaneers, because not only have we done all the moves that we've talked about, Mm -hmm. and every one of them seems like aimed at chasing another championship this year, and maybe even next year, we'll see what happens with Tom Brady. But all the moves that are happening around the league, the big dramatic moves that have made this one of the craziest off seasons ever, have been really good talent moving from the NFC to the AFC. Devontae Adams goes from the Packers to the Raiders. All of a sudden, Tyreek Hill yesterday, out of the blue for us, it was probably in the works for a while, oh my gosh, Tyreek Hill is going to be traded. Well, he stayed in the AFC, but at least he didn't get you know, pushed over into the NFC. Matt Ryan went from the AF- NFC to the AFC. Uh, Teron Armstead, the really good tackle for the Saints, no longer with the Saints, and now he's in Miami. Just a lot of big moves that when you look at it, go, we were going to have to face those guys this year, and now we don't, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> so things just keep getting better. And when you look at it from the perspective of the quarterbacks in this division, it's kind of amazing the turnover that's been in the last couple of years. For a long time, the Buccaneers were playing in a division with three, with three teams that had MVP caliber quarterbacks running their offenses. And even when you tried and you got Jameis Winston with the first overall pick and he put up a lot of big numbers, you kind of always felt like you had the fourth quarterback in the league. Look at who was the starting quarterbacks in this league the, the year before Tom Brady decided to come to the Buccaneers. And now just a couple years later, this is what each team is featuring at quarterback. You can look at that and go, well, the Buccaneers pretty clearly have the best quarterback in the division, right? Right. <clears throat> Not to take anything away from a Marcus Mariota or a Jameis Winston, but those are teams that are, first of all, are in transition. And, and second of all, I don't think you can look at Marcus Mariota and say he's a He's up there with Tom Brady. No. So the entire landscape of the NFC South in, in terms of the quarterback rankings has changed in just a couple years. And for the Buccaneers, obviously, it changed for the good. That is incredible. And then I know we talked a little bit about the offensive line, especially because of the trade for Shaq Mason. This is a group that 
we had said we didn't know what it was going to look like and maybe it was going to be a big target of the draft. And I know we're going to talk more about this when it comes to the road to the draft, you know, when we do those videos as well. But And then the same thing with the wide receiver group, that these two position groups, we just really felt like could be positions of need and how differently we feel now. Mm -hmm. So how do you think that is going to just affect overall these moves that we've heard that are yeah. both confirmed and reported for those two position groups? How you feel about them now? Are they still targets in the draft? And what these moves mean for just yeah. where we view this team Well, overall? I can tell you from experience doing mock drafts every week since like mid-February that it's changed quite a bit. Early on, I was definitely giving offensive guards to the Buccaneers at pick number 27, like a Kenyon Green or a Zion Johnson. But <clears throat> it's hard to imagine the Bucks using that pick on a guard now because I think they not only have probably the guys that are going to start, but you've got a couple other guys like Robert Hainsey and Nick Leverett that you feel pretty good about as your depth. So if you draft a guard 27th, I guess he's competing probably with Aaron Stenney for one of the jobs, but is that the best use of your pick at 27 in the first round if you're trying to win this year? You'd probably like to get somebody that you know is going to have a, a big role either on offense or defense. And the receivers, I'm not sure if you bring in another top-notch receiver, who are you taking playing time away from? Because we talked about the big three and we showed the graphic, but you've also got Brashad Perryman probably and Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller and Cyril Grayson and Jalen Darden. I mean, there's a lot of guys there that you want to look at and see how they could possibly fit into your offense. And of course, you always want more talent. So if another great receiver drops into your lap, that's fine. But again, it's not something I think that you would spend a first round draft pick on because then you're just probably, you're just replacing one starter with another. Whereas you might be able to find a guy like maybe a defensive lineman or an outside linebacker that can step right into the rotation right away. Okay, well, that is going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. We had so much to talk about that we weren't able to get to the Facebook questions, but we will, of course, have the show again next week. I believe we will actually be doing it from the owners' meetings, yeah, which is going Beach. to be very fun, and uh, we'll have a lot to talk about from there, so make sure you tune into that. And again, if you had specific draft-related questions every week, we are shooting a road to the draft where that is all we talk about are all the things affecting the potential draft picks of the Buccaneers, so make sure you check that out. That's going to do it for us this week. We'll see you next time.